This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, everybody, to the I'm Fat Podcast. Uh, uh, snacks are uh, best saved for later. With Jay Zawoski. That man ate all our shrimp and two plastic lobsters. And Rick Camp. Out the mist came a beast more stomach than man. Welcome into another edition of the I'm Fat Podcast. I am Rick Camp alongside fellow fat Jay Zawoski and... Jay, it's that week of the year. I took time off from work. You've been taking time off from work. The holidays have started, and it's a Fats probably favorite holiday coming up, Thanksgiving. This is a big one for us. Oh, I've been preparing my belly for, uh, I've been in a strict training regimen of eating as much as I can for a week now, just trying to get ready for Thanksgiving. I, I feel prepared more than I ever have. You know, like some people, not that listen to this podcast, but some people prepare for the Chicago Marathon. Mm-hmm. It's like Rick and me. We prepare for Thanksgiving. So I've been adding elastic to my pants. You know, all, all the steps we need to take for this huge, huge day. I cannot wait. Yeah, it's it's always been my favorite going back to pretty much when you get old enough to where, you know, the, the some of the luster of Christmas kind of goes away with, you know, presents and all that stuff. No, that now it's about the food. That's what we're here for. So we have a lot of Thanksgiving-related content to get to today. Our Thanksgiving food power rankings. Yes. We have that, which is always important and generally controversial. Of course. Always. Always controversial. And we may have done this before, Mm -hmm. uh, but they change every year because tastes change and ideas change and, you know, you reevaluate things after a while. Right. The only people that don't do that are the bulls. Well, let's not go there. They're... There's enough podcasts that are depressing talking about the Bulls. We don't need to be one of them. Good point. Good point. Oh, God. Uh, then we have, I had a great experience this past Friday. Yes. Of It's been well publicized on the Lawrence Holmes show on The Score and also on Twitter, so any social media outlet, really, that our friend and our colleague for like another couple days, Tony Gill, has a lot of bad thoughts. Yes, and he and he I th- had one today, by the way. Whew. Oh, did he have one today? He's a uh, team Ti. Just take that for what mm. it's worth. Yeah, that's I, a thought. It is a thought that came out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, it's his daughter. Oh boy. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, anyway, oh my god, it's probably not good. It's probably good I wasn't there today. But on Friday, Lawrence Holmes wanted to rectify Tony's terrible thought that every steak is the same. So, because Tony, Tony had this thought because he went to Outback Steakhouse once and the steak was fine, not great. So he thought every steak, because it comes from the same animal, his words, not mine, is just okay and not great and completely overpriced. Now, there are more merits to the completely overpriced thing, I think, than most, 
most things sure. that Tony says, at least. But <laughs> this needed to be rectified. So Lawrence took Tony and myself to Gibson's. So I have stories. Yeah, I want to hear those. And uh, I watching the video, not to spoil anything, but watching the video, I think Tony saw the light. Oh, he did. That that I love that Darnell Mayberry, who covers the Bulls for the Athletic, took the the still shot of that moment, <laughs> and it's so perfect. It's great. So yeah. Gibson will do that to you, man. It, it's I know uh, somebody was describing it yesterday. Maybe it was it might have been Mac. Saying just how you know you guys just sort of look like fish out of water, and I'm the oh, same way. Yes. When to, like when I go to a fancy restaurant, I just feel like everyone knows I don't belong here, and I can fake it. Like I know how to act and I know how to dress and stuff. Exactly. But it's just such a foreign experience for me. I'm much more of like a wings and burgers kind of a guy than a steakhouse kind mm-hmm. of a guy. But we went there, uh, me and Tim Bach, who used to produce at the score years ago, when we were producing for Dougie and Gary Fensick, they the two of them took us to Gibson's. And you can imagine what going to Gibson's with Doug Buffone and Gary Fensick is oh, like. Oh, man. Tim and I were just like, oh, my God, it was overwhelming. I had the biggest steak ever. There was a lobster tail the size of a football. It was just one of the most surreal dining experiences I ever had. And that's like before the food even came. Just sitting across from Gary Fensick, and he's like, so tell me about your life. Tell me about your family. It was like, what? What is happening? Right. It was You know, what, what was I, nine when they won the Super Bowl? Those guys are like superheroes to me. And just to sit across from Gary Fensick and have him picking my brain about life was quite quite an experience that was supplemented with delicious meats. Really, everything's better with delicious meats. Well, that's the truth. We should put that on a pillow. On my gravestone. That too. Which I'll probably need sooner than later because of this podcast. Right. (laughs) A lot of people do. I had a friend that uh, is all health all the time and just sending me messages like listen now i i used to work out to try and get skinny and now that i'm like skinnier now i listen to your podcast and work out so that i can eat the stuff you guys talk about and maintain my relative frame that's the essence Uh, yeah that's great if you want to do that go nuts yeah for normies that's kind of the essence of all this and then speaking i do find like a lot of the comments we get are from people that are not overweight yeah and I don't know if they're just living vicariously through us or oh, whatever. Oh, but... I think that's part of it. I 100% think that's part of it. Well, come on. Join us. It's it's autumn. You can hide stuff under sweatshirts. Yeah. Fun with us. It's fat season. Yes. Well, it always is for us. But... Well, yeah. But for normies, this is fat season. And in, in that spirit, we have plenty of Ask a Fat questions related to Thanksgiving, related to the holiday. So, all right. Let's get down to it. We came up with... Our Thanksgiving food power rankings. Let's go from five to one. All right, why don't you start it off? All right. I want to see where you go. All right. See, my number five is not something that's generally associated as much with Thanksgiving, but for my family always was, and that is the apple pie slash apple slices. Okay. That's that's a good one, and that's an autumn cuisine. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's something that, that I I think that that's a pretty common uh thanksgiving item yeah it's, I mean, it's like the, know, it's the alternative for uh it's the alternative for pumpkin pie essentially for people that aren't as keen on pumpkin it's right there for you all right so do you want my number five or are you gonna go five through one no give me your number five my number five is pumpkin pie it's funny you mentioned that and, and uh not the hugest fan of it like year round but when thanksgiving comes it's almost an essential part of the experience because the taste is just so perfect mm-hmm. kind of somehow complements all the things you had for the entree, it's very weird. I, maybe it's the nutmeg or whatever, but uh, pumpkin pie is my number five. 
All right, my number four, something else you don't necessarily associate as true Thanksgiving food, the crescent roll. Okay, that's pretty solid. Because, like, you have so many things where, like, there's not as much texture to it. Like, stuffing, not a ton of texture. You know, your potatoes, depending on how you get them, not quite as much texture. Cranberry sauce, there's not a whole lot there. Turkeys, kind of just whatever turkey is. The crescent roll has a, a nice crust to it. Mm-hmm. It's nice and hot. It's flaky. It's something that's light involved with Thanksgiving, which there's not a lot of. But, you know, it's kind of nice to have a little bit of a mix there. So the crescent roll, you can also then, if you get if you have ones that are big enough, you can also make sandwiches out of them. So if you have a warm crescent roll with some of your Thanksgiving foods in it, almost like what you would do for leftovers, but just doing it day of, that can be clutch. Yeah, th- that's a good call. Crescent rolls are good. We usually go with the King's Hawaiian bread. Nice. It's our bread of choice, which is always awesome. It goes, that King's Hawaiian, you can put anything on that, and it's amazing. Uh, my number four is stuffing. Big fan of stuffing. I think that it is one of the quintessential tastes of Thanksgiving. And uh, it's probably, I mean, turkey takes up the most space. Sure. But I think in terms of, like, the weight of the item on my plate... I would think stuffing is probably the most probably takes up the most like mass or whatever you want to say on my plate. I love stuffing, uh, especially when it's made like cooked in the bird. And I know you have some risks when you do it that way health wise. Sure. But do it right. And not just like out of a box or whatever, where it gets all dry. If you if you cook it in the turkey and do it right, it's hard to beat. That's very true. Yeah, that's that's a very solid choice. And and with that much praise, I'm interested to hear what your one through three are. So my number three is cranberry sauce. And it ha and it has to be the I can see the rings from the can on it. I don't want this real cranberry nonsense. Give me the gel, the like the gelatiny version. I just want that. Get your real cranberries out of my face for this instance. I just want what I grew up with, it's it's you know it's a nostalgia play as well as just being really really good. I need the cranberry sauce where like if you only have a few people that really want it, you just kind of slice it at the ridges. Yes, that I, I'm not see I've never been a big cranberry sauce guy because I'm a texture person and the texture never sat well with me. Really? Uh, yeah, but my wife makes um she makes homemade cranberry sauce and I do eat that. I think that's good. I like the taste of like actual cranberries. So I am going to give the canned cranberry sauce another try this year. It's been a while. I tried it a few years back. and was like, eh, I'm not really into it. I'll try it again this year because people I trust, like you, when it comes to food, aside from your peanut butter aversion. Sure. Um, I trust you. I trust your input. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a legit try this year. Okay. All right. My number three is turkey. And I know that that sounds crazy, but when you see my number two and my number one, it'll make more sense. Um, I typically find myself going for the white meat first, mm-hmm. which is Same. weird, but I just cover it with salt and pepper. And, uh, I don't know. I, I know that most people think the dark meat is more flavor- flavorful and I agree with that. But for whatever reason, just to, like what my dad every year, he gets out his carving knife and like slices the turkey. He, he's the one that carves it. Mm-hmm. And just the way he does the breast is just like, Oh, it, it just is that whole all the sensations of Thanksgiving go through you as you're watching that happen. Yeah. You're like waiting for him to be done enough to serve it and to take some. 
and you're always sort of grabbing at the scraps while he's doing it, and he's waving his knife at you. Boy, this that... all sounds really weird out of context. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, while my dad is feeling breasts, he's waving knives at me. Yes, that is a little weird. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I always go for the white meat first. Yeah, I, I, I tend to be with you on that. White meat over dark meat. I think also because people that love dark meat really love dark meat, so they are going at it hard. Yes. Where I'm like, hey, hey, do you? I, I'm good with what's the, with whatever's there. So yeah, a lot of times that tends point. to be white meat. That's a good point because they are sort of militant about, I only like dark meat. So I'm like, hey, if I'm more, if I'm kind of indifferent, go for it. Have your th- thing you prefer. Yeah. And I will, you know, I'll handle it. All right. My number two was your number four, stuffing. Okay. Uh, now I was a late bloomer on stuffing. When I was littler, I think it was like, whoa, this comes, this is getting cooked where? So I was not as big of a fan of it. And, you know, stuffing isn't the most aesthetically pleasing thing in the world. So I was not, I wouldn't even really give it much of a try as a kid. But once I got old enough to not really give a crap anymore, man, stuffing rose the ranks quickly. So I am here for stuffing in almost any form. I'm not as much of a stuffing the next day person, but you and I are not the biggest leftover people in general. I mean, well, I think it's so rare for us. Yeah, it's true. Cause we really just, we don't deal with it at least, at least unless it's an, a purposeful thing, whether it actually comes to fruition or not. Like I know my instance that I've brought up many times of getting two burritos, thinking I was going to have one at the time and one for the next meal. And then neither of them made it to the next meal. Yeah, been that, there. That was a goal yeah. to have leftovers, but it just didn't quite happen. It didn't work out that way. No. I want 50 pizza rolls. My number two uh, is mashed potatoes. Um, I could have mashed potatoes for every meal for the rest of my life and not be unhappy about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's it. I mean, pretty simple. Yeah, they're mashed potatoes. And that leads perfectly into my number one, the double-baked potato. Wow. That's That's my family specialty. Okay. That that's what that's what my family does well. I love the double baked potato. It's uh I, I don't know what it is. I think it's partially just like the balance in terms of how much to add to the potato after the first cooking to get the to get the balance right so it's not too heavy. It doesn't you know, it doesn't lose the integrity of the potato flavor. It's done really well. It doesn't have the crispest skin in the world. As I discovered this past week, which we'll get to in a little bit, but man, it's, it's it's just so satisfying. And when you pair that with the stuffing, with the cranberry sauce, for me, that's where it really hits home. So on my list, no meat, actually. Well, no, uh, no thanks, no turkey. And I thought it might be a little too controversial to put ham up there, but I also, it's not an every Thanksgiving thing. It kind of depends on who's hosting if there's a turkey alternative there. So I went with stuff that's there all the time. Turkey, not in my top five. And maybe I just haven't had the best version of turkey. But if you have to cook turkey in the top, what, 10 to 15% range for it to not be super dry, your meat is trash. Well, you have led me very nicely to my number one. And again, this is our Thanksgiving power rankings. And my number one Thanksgiving item is gravy because without gravy, one through or two through four are pretty much inedible. I can eat dry mashed potatoes, I suppose. I could work my way through plain mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. but turkey needs a lubricant. It is a dry meat, even if you cook it moist. And my wife is an awesome 
she cooks the best turkey I've ever had. And that and she's just started like two or three years ago. And it's amazing and it's moist, but still, you need gravy on your stuffing, on your mashed potatoes, on your turkey, not on your pumpkin pie. But if you do it, I won't judge you. Um, gravy is the sort of the, the glue that holds Thanksgiving together. And the more, uh, you know, natural cook it with and you do all that the, the old-fashioned way mm-hmm. the best is i like little pieces of the meat in my gravy but even like the way my family used to make it with like the store-bought packet of gravy it's artificial but it tastes really good gravy is an absolutely absolute essential to making thanksgiving edible and i don't say it tastes bad but you've got all those sort of dry items on your plate sure you need that moisture to sort of get it moving because you're eating fast and you're eating in quantity, so you need that help to get it down. We want to know your top five, your Thanksgiving food power rankings. Tweet us at I'm Fat Pods. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and make sure to tell a friend. Because everybody needs help strategizing on Thanksgiving of how to maximize your eating experience. That's what yeah. we're here for. I mean, we, what are we, like the, the, the Bill Belichick and Bill Walsh of thanksgiving food consumption maybe bill parcells would be a little more true fitting for bill walsh is a, is a normie yeah that's very true belichick's kind oh. of a normie but he does wear the really baggy sweatshirt so yeah, he something yeah and parcells mm-hmm. doesn't hide it's just right there for you could you think of a worse nickname than tuna by the way yeah that's really bad tuna sucks it, it tastes bad it smells bad mm-hmm. fat and ugly That'd be the worst nickname you could give somebody. Yeah, and it requires mayo for a lot of people to eat it. How bad does your food? How bad does it have to be to have mayo be what makes it edible? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that makes it really bad. Uh, all right. So we stumbled upon a concept last episode that we want to bring to this one. So let's take our top three. Yeah. Kill life last meal. So if you had to get rid of one of your top three forever, which would it be? Which one would you have for life? And which one would you only have as part of your last meal? Okay, so it's life, kill, and uh, what's the other one? Last meal. Okay. So you can only have it one more time. Ooh. All right, I'm going to take great. I'm going to do my two, three, four, because I can't just, like, live off gravy. Yeah, that's true. Um. So, okay, I'm ready. All right, go for it. I'm going to kill stuffing. Okay. Because I eat it once a year. Sure. I'll give turkey my last meal because I could justify having like a Thanksgiving turkey as the last thing I eat. Mm-hmm. I could justify that. That's a good hearty meal. Yeah. And for life, I said it, mashed potatoes. I'd eat them for life. When my when my aunt used to host uh, Christmas, she would order an extra catering pan of mashed potatoes if I was coming. Wow. Not that I would eat it on my own, but she wanted to make sure that if I was there, I got as much as I wanted and there was enough. That's awesome. All right, I'm along the same lines as you, where for me, I'm my top three were the double-baked potato stuffing and cranberry sauce. I'm killing cranberry sauce, you know, just because yeah. it's, you know, of those three, I don't think it's even that close. My last meal will be stuffing because I just love stuffing, and I can be very satisfied with that. I could have my family's twice-baked potato, double-baked potato, whatever you want to call it, every day of the week and i would be perfectly happy it's so great it's light it's creamy i love the damn thing and then just to like 
finish the whole thing off by eating the skin, I am a hundred percent here for it. Are you are you a, are you a uh, potato skin eater? Um, it depends. It depends on the potato. It depends on who made it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, um, if it's gonna be, if I feel like it's clean, I'll eat it. Does That's that make fair. sense? Yes. Sometimes I feel like it's like uh, I can still see like dirt on the <laughs> on the skin. Yeah. Buying that, like I'm not a. Ooh, I can't. Ooh, but I'm just not gonna consume it if it's dirty. If if I know if I'm confident that it's been washed, then yeah, I'll I'll, I'll eat the skin if it's crispy. I don't really like the soft skin. It's got to be kind of well done for me to do that. Yeah. Okay, so to recap, I had no turkey in mine. You had turkey lower than most probably would. You had pumpkin pie. I did not. And the one we, the one thing that's pretty common that neither of us had, green bean casserole. No, keep it. Yeah, I'm here with you. Not interested. All right, so before we get to Ask a Fat Questions... I had a food experience on Friday. That was awesome. Yeah, let's hear about it. Just, oh. d- just do it slowly. Talk okay. slowly. I want to pretend like I was there with you. Okay. I'll especially speak slowly about the food. So this has been kind of a long-going thing on the Lawrence Holmes show is that, for one thing, it was Lawrence, myself, and Tony Gill were part of this food experience. So Tony's had the thought that all steaks are the same because he had one steak ever and it was from a steakhouse, Outback Steakhouse. So, <laughs> yeah, big clarification there. Yeah, just a little different than what you would normally think of as a steakhouse. So he thought, well, it all comes from the same part of the cow, so whatever. That's Tony in a nutshell. So Lawrence and I, being very frustrated with this, Lawrence had the idea to take him to a real steakhouse, and we will have a steak and see if his opinion changes. So we go to Gibson's and mind you, this is like you mentioned before, I am like you where I, I know how to act in these higher end places, but I surely don't feel comfortable in them. And right. Tony, Tony had a hundred percent culture shock because for him, he's never really been in a place like that. So it was kind of cool on one hand, but also just kind of fun to observe on the other hand, just like, and Lawrence told us ahead of time, don't worry about the price. Don't look at that on the menu. Just get what looks intriguing to you. But still, like, it's hard to ignore the, the number on, on a Gibson's menu. The food is delicious, of course, but it's hard to ignore that number. So Tony got the whole spiel of this is this type of steak. It's going to taste a little more like this. You know, you're going to want to cut it like such and all, all this and whatever. So... Tony and I end up getting the same thing. We got the we got the New York strip. And the first bite for Tony, by the way, <laughs> was incredible. Cause he had he he cut like a really small piece off the end. Like maybe half a bite for us. And it was chew, 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 and his his eyes lit up (laughs) it was so great and the best part is lawrence captured the moment so at lawrence w holmes if you want to find that that was from friday from uh this past friday so it's it was great and he was just like oh like (laughs) this is what people were talking about i get it now yeah and i think some people will like when they try something new they've kind of been Mm poo-pooing 
they'll immediately pretend like it's not as great just so they don't, I don't know, not that they would feel bad, but so they don't look stupid. Yeah. Tony was like, all right, I was wrong. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like flat Real like, quick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I probably uh, I probably messed that one up, and and I now I see what I've been missing, which is the whole point. Yes. you want him to, you want you know, Tony comes from a, a a middle class family that probably didn't have a lot of extra money like all of us did. Yeah, these experiences don't happen for for guys like that all the time. So to see him finally have that experience, like I said, with my thing with Fensick and Buffon, mm-hmm. I've never had anything like that before or since. And yeah, I've been to, you know, I've been to Gibson's before. And but I would always have like oh, I'll have the cheapest steak on the menu or I'll, you know, sure those sort of things. I've never had like aside from that one meal, I've never had the blowout. Anything you want, any price, no questions asked, sort of a meal. Can you imagine? There's people in the world that just live that way. Yeah, like it's any meal nuts. you want, any price, any time. That's crazy. Ugh. Yeah, so to, to round out what the rest of the meal was, and by the way, this was my first ever experience like sitting down for a meal there. I'd been there twice. I'd been there for a score remote at the Gibsons in Oak Brook. So for that, it was, you know, I was working. I had like a, a burger there. You know, I knew I would, even though we weren't paying at that point, I didn't feel like it would be that proper to get like a, an expensive steak or anything like that. So I got like a burger. It was great burger. Cool. And, but to be, and then the other time was for, uh, the, uh, I don't want to party, the get together that was had after Doug Buffone's funeral. Right. So I don't know what you call those like, yeah. Post funeral meal. Yeah. Get uh, maybe just a a conservative get together is like what you call that. Right. But, um, they had prime rib there and that was fantastic along with other stuff, but it wasn't quite the same. So we got to now Lawrence insisted we get two things as appetizers their double baked potato and the hash browns. Now, oh. now I know people are probably like, "Oh, you know, you're doubling up on your starch. What are you doing?" <clears throat> Let me tell you. For one thing, shut your dirty whore mouth. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Yeah. <laughs> and for another thing, all the things that I mentioned about my family's double baked potatoes is there in spades with the Gibson's one and the fact that it's gigantic. Yeah. Like, There's no small portions there. No. So you, t- like, the, because they knew it was just three of us, they sliced it into three, which was nice that they did that already, so it made it easier on us. But the three was more than enough for us. So it was, oh, it was so good. And, like, the it was the crispiest, without being, like, burnt yeah. skin that oh. I've ever had on a potato. It was, oh. Oh, man. It was fantastic Ooh, i'm sweaty and the hash the hash browns were very very good i thought it was a little interesting that it wasn't served on like a big plate it was served in a bowl hmm. so that i think that changed a little of the inner consistency to it but it was excuse me it was still really incredible so you know gibson's knows what they're doing i'm i'm you know <laughs> shocked yeah. that that's my hot take is gibson's knows what they're doing in that regard and i haven't even gotten to dessert yet okay give oh. it to me oh and also tell me about dessert right uh the creme brulee mm. so that was something that that like tony was like what is this like you know had heard the term but didn't really know what it was like the color of like the tor- of the torching on top 
was like picture perfect, what you would see on like a magazine or something. And it was like just this nice crust and it was so light on the inside. That was incredible. And then we got the chocolate mousse pie. We got a slice of that, which if you've ever seen anything from Gibson's, you know, like a slice of cake or pie is enough for at least like four or five people. So we had that and we each got our slice off of it and was like, holy crap, because it's it's actually got it's not like super, super rich. Like it's it's a lot, but it's actually, if anything, it's got a little bitterness to it. If you have yeah. it, see, like, because then what? We, yeah, that's that's just it was incredible. So what Lawrence did after the meal was he had Tony didn't eat all this steak, which, you know, demerit. I know it's ridiculous, but then I got to take home the chocolate mousse pie that was left over because, well, we all know my wife loves chocolate. Yes. Going to let that sit there for a second. Okay. And going to let it go, but you had to. Nope. Oh, I had censoring myself. Well, and the best. So the best part about that is I kind of casually mentioned that, like, we've spoken about lists on the air before. And that, you know, Usher and Cam Newton, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not the only one that said what their, you know, their wife or significant others uh, list is. And, and Colleen's like, I don't care. She's like, one, I never listen. And I was like, well, that's true. And two, she's like, what does it matter? She's like, what does it matter if, if Usher and Cam Newton are at the top of my list? I'm like, OK, hey, yeah. that's why you're my wife, because you don't care. Exactly. That's a good reason to marry a woman. If you have a wife that would get mad about that, reconsider things. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Right. So when we got, the thing is when we had the leftover, or at least part of the leftover, we hadn't eaten, we had it as our meal. And then kind of realized how something like that, that's that intense, you almost need to have a regular meal before it. Just so that you have something to balance it out. Because that's really what it does best is, like the consistency is great. It's really creamy. And like the crumble on the bottom. I would actually take it and like kind of spread it throughout the entire thing so you kind of get that balance. But man, that is wild. It is wild how good that stuff is. I regret this segment because I will not have this experience anytime soon in my life. I understand. I'm floored that I was able to have it. And let me say again, it was 100% from the generosity of Lawrence because he was willing to spring for the meal so that Tony could have this experience and and kind of on the undercard so that I could have the experience. Because even though, like, you know, like we mentioned, I understand what it is, but never really had gotten to experience it myself. Yeah. It doesn't happen often for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So much appreciation to Lawrence. All right. One more thing before we get to ask a fat questions. Okay. We have to tip our cap to the guy at the bears game on Sunday. Oh, yeah. That had, he was in like the upper deck and had a full pumpkin pie. And there's the video that like made the rounds on social media of him putting the cream on the pumpkin pie, just knowing this game was going to be awful. And <laughs> like, you know what? You know what will make this better? Pie. I'm here yeah. for that logic. I, I, you know, it's tough enough to smuggle in a pumpkin pie. Right, that that's difficult to do. Yes. So maybe you put it, you know, in your in the bottom of your backpack, and you just try to remain as upright as you can as you go through security. 
but the can of whipped cream is inspired. It really that, is. That's going to set off the metal detectors probably. You know, that's going to that's gonna raise some eyebrows. Uh, the, the fact that he was able to get both items in, and the pie looked like it was baked right there. It yeah, was, it was fresh. It, yeah, it didn't look like crushed or destroyed or anything. Uh, that respect. Hat tip with the kid with the Derek Jeter hat on respect for that guy. That okay. was that was impressive. I have a theory. Now, I don't know who else he was there with. Did they have two that they were maybe hoping to have for the rest of their party? But did he have to give one away as a bribe to get in? Interesting. Yeah, because maybe they were going to say, you can't come in here with that. Like, really? What if I give you one? Yeah. Mm, Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you see that guy, and it's like somehow I don't, I you know, a guy that would call a Bears Monday on the score. I don't think that guy is going to be doing anything nefarious at Soldier Field. Well, I think the other thing, too, is chances are someone with that sort of nerve at a Bears game is a season ticket holder. True. He probably has relationships with the security guards, with the people in his area. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you could just walk into your average Bears game, like someone like me or you who doesn't go every game. Right. Could do that, but someone who's got a relationship with the staff they'll probably let those things slide a little bit, but however it happened, it's incredible that it did happen. And, uh, I am delighted to live in a city with such an entrepreneur. It's really, uh, it's, <laughs> it's so good. It <laughs> yeah, really it, was, is. it was awesome. No doubt. Yes. All right. It's that time. We have a lot of Thanksgiving related, ask a fat questions. So let's get to it. Ask a fat about this and that it's time to chat with the fans actually kind of going right off of that guy we have from we have from kyle is whipped cream crucial to a pumpkin pie because he says he's left it off but he knows he's in the minority thinks it takes away from the pie itself i think there's a fine line of too much versus none i can have it without i don't think it's essential Mm -hmm. i always prefer like just a little dollop Okay. You know, some people just cover the whole piece. I don't do that. I'll just go like a, just like a little squirt. Just there's like a little, uh, a little ball of it on top of the pie. Again, I sort of agree. You don't want it to wash the taste away, and it'd be hypocritical of us to not acknowledge our complaint about sour cream. True. What the taste of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, whipped cream can have the same effect. You don't want to overload stuff with whipped cream, because really it doesn't have. It's got a slightly sweet taste. To me, it's more about adding texture. And I think that's what a lot of people who eat sour cream say. It gives it more of a, a, a desirable consistency in their mind. Mm-hmm. So I can see that with pumpkin pie, just to sort of break up that very consistent flavor. A little bit of whipped cream goes a long way. All right. What's your first ask a fact question? All right. Well, this one is not a Thanksgiving question, but it's the only one that's not. Actually, I have two, and they're from sisters. So Aaron asked first, I feel bad because today I gave my kids leftover pizza donuts and teddy grams for breakfast do other parents only give healthy breakfast to start their kids day right no Hell no parents give their kids crappy food all the time and yes there's a select group of women and men that will feed their children organic everything every meal and i'm not criticizing it if you've got the energy and you've got the money and the time to do that great aaron you've got three kids do what you got to do to get through the day, to get rolling, and to get them fed. No no judgment on my end, and, and from, if I'm reading Rick correctly, none from him either. Yeah, because is it really, is what she said any worse than, like, the sh- most sugary cereals that people are eating? No. no. I, and 
Your kids are going to give you cred for it. So you're killing two birds with one stone there. They're getting out the door fed and they can go to school and be like, hey, you know what I had for breakfast? Pizza. Why? Because my mom's awesome. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's an old uh, Bill Cosby. Ooh, ooh, ooh. An old Bill Cosby bit about uh, chocolate cake for breakfast. Yeah. He would just say it's got all the food groups. It's got eggs and milk and dairy and <laughs> all the food groups are covered by chocolate cake. Yeah, so, just leave his special ingredient out. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right, well, I got to give you the one from Aaron's sister, too. Yeah. This one's Jill. She said, is there a food that you will eat even though you know it's going to destroy your stomach? Ooh. Yeah. This is a tough one. There was a number of years where Hope and I would frequent B-dubs. Like, yeah. we would go by once or twice a week. Um, early in our relationship, we were younger. We could handle those sort of things. And I would say, like, one out of every four times, we'd be done eating, and it would feel like someone was literally stabbing us in the stomach. Yes. And I don't know if it was, like, gas pain or, like, a reaction to the spicy food or whatever, but that was always the one place I'm like, I don't care how bad this hurts when I'm done. I don't care how bad it hurts coming out. I'm going here and I'm eating that. Yeah, on my days where I really have a taste for spicy from uh, my bowl at Mongolian Barbecue at, what is it, BD's Mongolian Grill, that is probably my place because I'll put in either a little too much red pepper flake (laughs) or just a little too much cayenne with the too much red pepper flake. And sometimes that'll have me waiting for us to get home and I'll be like, oh boy. Well, it's becoming a race against time here. So, yeah, those are the times that I've been like, maybe I just went a little too far with that. Uh, I know in college once, now mind you, this was not a decision I made. I was tricked into this. Uh, There were times where over winter break, there were still basketball games going on. So you would get paid to uh do the pep band for those games just so there's some sort of atmosphere in a stadium where there's like a couple hundred people and we would get the money and we would immediately go to buffalo wild wings and all of us would blow our money there because we really just wanted to hang out with each other anyway well i go to the bathroom and then i come back and someone without me knowing because i guess the color was fairly similar had swapped out one of my medium wings for a blazing wing oh boy so I take a bite into that sucker, and oh man, I mean, the positive was I was kind of getting, I was a little sinusy at the time. I was not after that because everything had been flushed out of my body. No longer sinusy. Seriously, like, like, snot, sweat, everything, just, just gone within like 10 minutes, I swear. So sometimes it's nice, though. Oh, yeah. Like, there were there are times when I've been sick where I'm like, no, legitimately, if I could, like, just order one Blazing Wing, get it to go, so I could go home and be in pain there, and then I'd be happy. Because then whatever's making me sick, this cold or whatever, would just be flushed out of me. So, yeah, I'd be all for that if I could, but I got that whole, you got to order at least five thing. I used to eat Blazing um with tenders because you can control how much you're getting on each bite mm-hmm. and i would give it a full dip but i think the problem that comes in with the wings is it's soaked in so it's in every inch of the bite also it gets on your face yes that's and, the worst and on your hands and like on your lips and that gives you a bit of the problem too again if you're dipping it in a tender you can take a lot of the blazing sauce in a dip 
but it doesn't get on your face or your lips. It just goes right in your mouth. That's a little bit easier to handle. And the flavor of Blazing at B-Dubs is actually very good. Mm-hmm. It's just can you handle the heat? That's the question. Uh, but on a wing, hell no. Nope, 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 nope. Too yeah. many. That's where, you, that's where you definitely need a boneless. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you have bone in, that's just problematic on every level. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, boneless you can pop into without any facial contact. Yeah. All right, what do, you, what do you got? All right. This one we've kind of touched on, but we can solidify our answers on this from from Archive Russ. Most overrated and underrated Thanksgiving food. He said pumpkin pie for him is most overrated and cornbread slash stuffing is underrated. Ooh, okay. Um, Overrated. A green bean casserole. Yeah. Keep it. I don't want it. And underrated mashed potatoes because they're my favorite and I don't think they get enough love. Yeah, for me, it's your your favorite variety of potato. For me, it's the double bake is underrated. And overrated, for me, it's close between turkey and the pumpkin pie. I, I guess I'll just say turkey because any place that has a Thanksgiving ham, that is clutch to give people the option or the option of both. Both is good. So uh, that's mine. I know it's not the most popular thing in the world, but uh, hey, I have plenty of uh, unpopular but correct food opinions. <laughs> All right. I have uh, the same question from several people. Uh, Mike, Steve, and Danny all asked some variety of this question. Are sweatpants at Thanksgiving acceptable? Hmm. Now, there's a couple caveats. Sure. Danny says, are they acceptable if it's only your family over for Thanksgiving? And then Steve says, sweatpants that look like jeans, yes or no? So the theme is similar, but there's different sort of... So if you're talking about, like, the jegging... I know they sell, like, men jeggings where they actually do look like jeans, but they are sweatpants. I think those are acceptable. Agreed. As long as they're a decent quality. And I do think if it's, like, your siblings and your mom and dad and that's it, yeah, go for Especially it. Especially if you're hosting... If you're hosting, you get to wear whatever you damn well please. See, I think the opposite, though. I think if you're hosting, you have to present some sort of, like, um, some sort of display of togetherness. Like, look how I've got this all handled. I'm ready. I'm dressed. I look nice. I think when you're hosting, that's a different set of rules. Nah, screw that. It's I, I would not hold it against a guest if they came over in sweatpants. Not at all. Yeah, like, for me, it's... We're doing the sacrifice of our place of, in theory, making most of the, uh, at least a good amount of the food. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't ever like show up looking straight like a bum. Like I'm not going to be in my PJs or something, but like I would, I would like if it was at like my aunt and uncle's house, like it always used to be, if they were a little, they weren't the best dressed person there. I certainly would not hold that against them. Okay, that's but, fair. But maybe that's just, you know, maybe that's just me. All I right. also think, too, like, over the years, you kind of know how your family Thanksgiving is going to be. Yeah. Like, you know the fanciness level of it, like how nice you have to look. If I wear jeans and a, and a decent shirt, mm-hmm. then I feel pretty good about it. I don't need to, like, yeah. wear a sweater and khakis and all that stuff. No, that, that's, that was kind of an, that's always an adjustment when you have to go to, like, in-laws places for the first time. Mm-hmm. I had to I had to play that game with uh with Colleen's family. As long yeah, as long as I'm wearing like jeans and a polo, I'm good. And by a polo, I mean the polo. The Rick Camp polo. He keeps it like in the bat cave where you slide down and it's in like the glass <laughs> case. <laughs> yeah. That's where Rick keeps his polo. 
Yeah, cover man, covering uh, Bulls games now, it's rough. I have to put the, the polo in more rotation. Or the other thing I'll do is my shirt that's like, it's a long sleeve shirt, but it has like the white, uh, like the, uh, I don't know if it's technically a dicky underneath it, but like the dicky type thing. Yeah, I know. My, There's no good way to say that, but that's like actually what it is. My favorite Stone Temple Pilot song. <laughs> yeah, I'll just own that one. All right. Yeah. So this is from Matt. Is Thanksgiving the only day acceptable to eat a large quantity of vegetables since a majority of them are covered or mixed with butter? No, there is no day that's acceptable to eat large quantities of vegetables. This is a ridiculous question, Matt. Step Not up your game. Blocking the podcast. Yeah, he's got Wait, he's got he's got a one week suspension. Yeah, corn though, corn's different because there's no nutritional value to corn. Sure. And you just literally fill a cauldron with butter, and then dump some corn kernels in it. Yeah. That's the one exception I'll make. Okay. All right. Uh, I got one from Matt as well. I think it's a different Matt. How soon after the food has been moved to the fridge is it acceptable to raid the leftovers? Hmm. Now, we eat – and I don't know if you're the same way. We eat Thanksgiving at, like, 4 p.m., earlier than dinner time. Yeah, so that, I would say by right. 7, I've made the first trip already. Yeah, because you want to let it – you don't want to get it when it's, like, lukewarm or just cool. You want to wait for that food to be cold. Cold, right. So you have to give it a few hours at least. Yeah, I would say like probably two and a half hours, three hours is about the time frame that I would think. Yeah, that sounds right. Give it about a football game. You know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's probably the most fair way to do it. Okay, so from Sarcastic Turkey, proper strategy between maximizing your favorite dishes but also getting the full turkey day experience. Get in line first? That's probably pretty good. See, you always you always have to now. Is your family let the old people go first, or the old people say no, we're good, and they'll go around last so they don't feel like they have to rush at all? It was definitely the latter. My grandfather would like literally wait till there were scraps left to eat. That's just how he was. He just was like, oh, "I'm fine. I'll be good," you know. And then as soon as everybody else was done, he mm-hmm. would go fill his plate. It's just the kind of guy he was. That's why I loved him so much. He was yeah. awesome. But um, but his wife <laughs> was that way. She would like knock you over to get stuff. But nice. um, that's why the partnership worked. Um, but I, no, I think it's kind of every man for themselves, right? It's just um, it is just this year. It's just my parents and Hope and Addie and my aunt and uncle. So it's gonna be a low key Thanksgiving this year. But everyone's pretty cordial. Everyone's everyone gets along. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's an understanding. I think I eat more than most of my family's normies. So I'm like the one guy who you have to worry about eating everything. And then inevitably, I wait all day for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes time to eat, I never eat as much as I think I'm going to. Yeah. And I get full really fast. And maybe it's just because I eat so much or because there's so much starch or whatever. But I always expect to go back for like thirds, but I almost never make it past seconds. Okay, well, I think that's more like the spirit of the question is like, prioritizing food on on plate one versus plate two or that type of thing of how do you maximize that you get what you want but also make sure you get some of everything to to get your full rounded out experience i would so we're saying how would we prioritize right yeah the first thing i'm doing is turkey just because i have to base the rest of my plate off of the layout sure 
So I'm almost visualizing my play here. A turkey would go on the top left corner. Then I would have uh, top right corner would be stuffing. Bottom triad would be mashed potatoes. And then I would put the corn somewhere between the stuffing and the potatoes. But not so I can't pour gravy over. It's almost like in the middle of the triangle. Mm-hmm. And I would just like throw a roll on top. Yeah, that that's how that's I do. But you get the, the 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 turkey sets the tone for the whole thing, and you've got to get those early long slices. Yes, the easier to cut slices. Right. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah, on prioritizing which I would rather have a little bit thinner but longer slices of turkey than bigger, shorter chunks. Right. Yeah, that, oh. that's 100% the way I, I try. And if I get to prioritize which type I want. See, my thing, too, is with the line thing, I try and wait longer because I don't need to fill the stereotype. Like you, I'm one of the I'm one of the few fats. You know, everybody's looking at me and they're always like, now, Rick, make sure you get enough. And I'm like, thanks. Oh, I, I will. Thanks don't a me. lot. Yeah, don't worry. I got it covered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I There are times where... Where I just I just want to be like, bitch, I got this covered. Come on. <laughs> Do I look like I don't know what I'm doing? Right. I am a professional here. I always think of the scene in uh, Wedding Singer where Adam Sandler's like, well, I know we got to eat soon because I'm so fatty over there. He's going to have a heart attack if you don't eat. <laughs> That's everybody looking at me at Thanksgiving like, I'm trying to play it cool. Like, oh, yeah, I don't need to get in line right away, you know, and I'll kind of grab my plate and sort of like saunter around. Yeah. And, like, oh, you know. Just fake conversation where I'm not even listening to the words coming out of my mouth or theirs. Yep. Just, to, just for the illusion that I'm not wanting to run everyone in my family over to get this food. Yep. All right. My next question comes from Dan. He said, is the Thanksgiving turkey the worst holiday meat with the greatest com- comeback story ever? He's I... the king. He says they're the king of all holiday leftovers. It's the one meal that gets better as a leftover. Yeah, yeah, it, it's the uh, it's it's the beggar's pizza of <laughs> <laughs> of uh, of holiday foods. I can see that. Now, I would still take leftover Christmas ham over leftover Thanksgiving turkey. I'm but, not a big ham guy. At least like for the like Easter Christmas ham. Yeah. Eh. It's good. Like like even your higher end like spiral honey ham. No, nah. yeah, they're good. I don't know. I just I've never been a huge ham guy. I've just but I've just been always like... so lukewarm on turkey that like the ham is so much better. Maybe even just by comparison. I, I mean, let's be honest. Thing... Both both are side holidays. Yeah. Oh, of course. But part of the thing with turkey for me though is like nostalgia is a big part of it for me. Expectation is a big part of it for me. And uh, just like the the memory of those flavors mm-hmm. is always a good memory for me. And I know there's a lot of people that listen that don't love Thanksgiving because it creates a big family headache. Sometimes relationships are strained and you got to go handle that. And now in this political age, like there's going to be a fight at almost every party, it seems um, these days. So I know some people dread it. But for me, I've been fortunate enough to have a family that argues, but overall gets along mm-hmm. well enough so it's always been a positive experience for me so um to me it's it's almost like built up in the nostalgia of the whole thing that's fair that's why i prefer turkey like the visual yeah of here it comes right out of the oven and dad's gonna cut it 
and we're all gonna, you know, it's gonna, and like we use the same plates every year and the same carving knife. It's just such a tradition that I think that's part of why I think I prefer it that way. If that makes sense. No, I get it. And the our, the biggest thing I end up think of is it's like yes, the turkey comes out of the oven, and then inevitably my aunt and her and her, my two cousins, uh, her daughters, are all fighting over the skin. And there's almost no skin left by the time we actually get to eating. Because the three of them are just, like, getting at each other about having all the skin the entire time. All right, I know you have another one. I have two more, one of which is rapid fire. Okay. Okay, so why don't you do, you want to do yours next? Yeah, so this okay. is from Jammin, who wants to know, what advice do you have for people who have to eat two separate Thanksgivings on the same day? It's a very common thing that people have to do. Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't had to do that, and I don't know how I would handle it. I think I would just expect to be very full. I think my advice would be anyway on Thanksgiving, and maybe just sort of add emphasis to this, make sure you eat early. Like, have a like a decent breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure you have, if you're not eating, like, we're eating at 4, I'll probably have some sort of a snack at 11. Just so I'm not, like, starving at dinner, and then you eat one plate, and because you haven't eaten all day... You're full immediately. I would say eat sort of like normally and maybe move everything back an hour or two hours and you usually would. Yeah. You're sort of eating at a normal level. Maybe take a little bit off, but try to eat at a normal level as best you can. Yeah. My number one thing I do is KYP, know your personnel. So the first thing I do is I say, okay, because we're assuming this isn't your first like, if, you, if you're dating someone and it's the, your first time having to hit their Thanksgiving and your own, there's a little bit of the element of unknown there, but you have to rely on your significant other to give you the scouting report on their Thanksgiving. Mm, know, know what your family is good at and prioritize it. So if, if I got the scouting report that, like, Colleen's family does a really good turkey, but, they're, you know, they just do, like, an average mashed potato – then I'm going to prioritize the double-baked potato with my family. And if I know for sure I'm going to get my preferred style of cranberry sauce with my family, I'm going to make sure to get that early, maybe not take quite as much turkey. Okay. So that way, when I go to hers, I can load up more on turkey. And if they do something else, like Colleen's family does a thing for like every every um, every family get-together of pretzel jello. So we've done the pretzel. So I make sure to leave room for the pretzel jello and have like more of the dessert, more of the sweet whenever we, whenever we would go to theirs. All right. I like that. That's solid. That's a good strategy. I like that very much. Cause I know we have Thanksgiving and hopes ants like the next day. Okay. So it's not totally the same, but I know there are some things that will be better at our house and better at her house. Sure. So if it, if it was the same day, I would probably strategically, plan for okay she has better stuffing i'm gonna go easy on the stuffing here and fill up on it later that's a good call i like that good job rick all right uh this one's from mary a p1 to the podcast she says i'm a thanksgiving day purist what is the most offensive alteration to a thanksgiving meal that could occur example aunt karen decided to cook multiple trays of encore salisbury steaks for something different what (laughs) now i like this but people who have had dinner with my family on Thanksgiving look at us like we're nuts. My mom makes this almost like a whipped jello. It's like a pink whipped jello. Okay. And it, it's good. It almost has a consistency of like cool whip. So it's not like creamy like whipped cream and it's not like um, rubbery like jello, 
it is like, I guess the best word for it is like a whip. And it's sweet, and we have it on the side. I think because my mom doesn't like cranberry sauce, mm-hmm. she sort of did this as an alternative. But a lot of times when people have not eaten with us before, they see that like, what the, what is this pink fluff stuff? That's And it happens in our house, and I like it, but I think that a lot of people would see that as problematic. Huh. I'm trying to think if we do anything really out of the ordinary. I mean, we might do some things like a little lazier where um, we might just have like a, a thing of chocolate chip cookies there too, you know, to just kind of give some options in terms of dessert. Normally it'll be a pumpkin pie, an apple pie, or like, you know, a tray of apple slices. Like it just kind of depends for those, but those are pretty traditional. Maybe it's just that we have chocolate chip cookies there too. Cause normally with my, my mom, we save kolachkis for Christmas so that's more Christmas as much more anything goes. So, yeah. But okay. yeah, Thanksgiving wise, we're fairly traditional in that regard. Maybe it's the uh, the prevalence of the crescent roll. Just how much everybody wants it and, so and craves that. Yeah, even though it's nothing, it's just you know the whichever brand you want. It's it's not like we do anything special to it. It's just that it's so clutch when you've got everything that for like a consistency. Uh, or yeah, for like a consistency type thing, we okay. just love it. All right, yeah, one. I got one more. This one's from Ryan. What's your go-to Thanksgiving leftovers meal? Is it a sandwich or do you go for the leftover pile? Um, sandwich. I look. Part of my Thanksgiving experience is having a turkey sandwich after the meal. Um, get the bread, salt, pepper, turkey. Uh, sometimes cold, sometimes you warm it up. Whatever you're in the mood for. But that, that first turkey sandwich after the meal is served, few things are better. Yeah, I'm with you that that's probably where I'll enjoy the turkey a little bit more is in that regard. Or like I said, if it's ham for our family, I love leftover ham. I'm 100% here for it. So put that, give put a little bit of the stuffing on there too, whatever's left. If it's in a bigger, I won't eat stuffing by itself as a leftover, but if it's stuffing as part of something bigger to maybe help hold things in place. I'm here for it. So maybe a turkey sandwich with some stuffing with, if there's any leftover cranberry sauce, that's on the side. I am hundred percent here for that. Not as big of a fan of, of the pile. So yeah, I, I like it. And then that's, if there's like your family has the King's Hawaiian roll, being able to add it to that. If those are still available or even if not, just regular bread is good. Yeah. Or for like King's my Hawaiian ham is made. They're made to go. Together. Oh my God. King's Hawaiian and ham is, is incredible. All <sighs> right. Here's my rapid fire one. Okay. Uh, this is from our guy, Zach Withers, a former fat, now a normie. It's fine. We'll allow it. Yeah. Um, some of these we've answered already, but here we go. Uh, sweet potatoes or yams. Yes or no. Uh, no. Yeah, me too. Uh, we call it stuffing, not dressing. We answered that. Right. Uh, marshmallows on sweet potatoes, yes or no? I know I know a lot of people that like sweet potatoes more than me that are 100% in favor of that. Yeah, I would say yes on that. Uh, and we just did the best use of leftovers. So I'll add another question to this. Uh, Brian says, are, are meat sweats a real thing? Asking for a friend. Yes, indeed. Meat sweats are a real thing. I get it more with red meat mm-hmm. than... Then uh, I guess you call it poultry. I guess you wouldn't. Call it. It's not a guess. You would call it poultry. <laughs> but yes, meat sweats are an absolute real thing. Yes. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to discern between the meat sweats and the regular sweats. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just depending on your environment. But uh, yes, 
the meat sweats are 100% a thing. And uh, that's where I bring up again that I cannot believe in March Fatness that uh, that Gold Bond has not advanced further than it has every year because, boy, boy does Gold Bond bail me out of some uh, some rough situations if we want to just leave it there. Yeah, and pr- the problem is we have too many normies voting. I know. That's They don't understand. They don't have to experience it. Do we need to create, like, a scale that it's it's almost like if you could, like, retrofit a we like a we fit board and just have people to be able to vote you have to step on this and you have to be at least x pounds that's a good idea i wonder if we could do like a you know because i know some podcasts have like a patreon site yes so they like so those people that donate unlock it maybe you have to send us a picture of your scale okay. for us to send you the bracket huh <laughs> interesting either either that or consult with your fellow fats you know, if yeah. you're a normie, say, hey, I'm thinking in this matchup, like, if it's not a slam dunk for you in any of them that you're really questioning, ask a fat. That's a great way to put it. That's the way to do it. Responsible. You wouldn't go into an election, hopefully, and vote for a candidate without any knowledge of their position or their policies. You wouldn't vote in March Fatness without knowing why fat people need these things. Come on. Right. Just because you don't wear suspenders doesn't mean you, you don't appreciate them. Right. Everybody loved Steve Urkel, or at least a lot of people did. Doesn't mean you wore suspenders. Right. Exactly. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for saying what needed to be said. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to wrap it up here. Thank you to everybody for your Ask a Fat questions. As always, follow the podcast on Twitter at I'm Fat Pod. If you have not already, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It helps us out a lot in terms of rankings. You guys have helped us out a lot in terms of the rankings. What is it? We we cracked top. We peaked at cracking at top twenty. I think we were the uh, the top rank. We were. I'm going to pull it up here on Chartable. I think we were the twelfth overall food podcast at our peak. And the way these things work is they fluctuate a lot based on how often you do them. But I'm going to pull it up right here. This is via Chartable. Uh, Our latest. Our highest number was, as I stall for time, beep, beep, beep. Yeah, peak position was 12. That's awesome. So, and that's of all food podcasts. That's saying something. Yeah. So thank so- you all for listening. Thanks for uh, supporting us. And those reviews help. And by the way, I can see over the last 60 days, yeah, we've had a handful of reviews. We need more of those. Those help us grow big time. So leave those five-star positive reviews. Even if you write in the review, great podcast or really enjoy it or funny podcast, whatever, just having the feedback there helps mm-hmm. us get on those radars of the uh, – it's mostly Apple, to be honest with you. They'll move you up the list the more people interact with the podcast. That's sort of what makes it grow. So the more you interact, the better off our podcast will be. Thanks so much again to everybody for being a part of our culture, our whatever we are fat culture where normies like to peek in that's what we're here for we are all encompassing not just in our waistlines you know just all over we are here for you he's jay i'm rick and this is the i'm fat podcast all right i think we got a lot accomplished here today now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the dominion energy reliability investment Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online 
to ReliabilityInvestment.com. That's ReliabilityInvestment.com.